Hi, I'm Lauren and welcome to The Afterlight. My beautiful and amazing guest today is my dear friend, Veronica McClintic. Veronica is a nurse, a lawyer, a grandmother, a spiritual healer, and certified Theta Healing Master Practitioner and instructor, and also amazing friend. Today, Veronica is joining me to talk about healing and meditation. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Lauren. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, my friend, for talking to me. Thank you for talking to me. You're, you know, some of the meditations that I've done with you have been some of the most beautiful meditations that I've ever done. So, you know, being able to talk to you for the next hour or so about healing and meditation really is my pleasure. So thank you. Before we get too much into the topic at, uh, that we're going to discuss today, healing and meditation. Do you think for those listeners who don't know you or aren't familiar with your story yet, you could just tell me briefly about when your spiritual journey began? My spiritual journey, I think, began from the time I was born, I, I believe, because I feel that um, I always was keyed into love through my parents and through my family and through my life because to me the basis of spirituality is unconditional love and I've always I've always experienced that and and I believe I've always lived through that as well when I was well in 1988 I guess you could say I was very very conscious of spirituality from the point of view of you know being able to verbalize it um, and that is when I joined a, a meditation group and we did healings and so on. And that hasn't stopped. Every day I'm building, building my spirituality. Yes. Do you think that, you know, when you first got involved in the meditation circle and in healings and such, were you looking for a healing yourself or was it just something that interests you? Because one thing that I see with people that I know that have embarked on a spiritual journey is very often there was something unsettling in themselves, whether it was grief, whether it was a loss of some kind, whether it was just, you know, maybe even a fear of death. For me, that's what started my spiritual journey would be a fear of death. Yes. Yes. Did you have a similar thing or did, were you just plainly interested in the subject? For me, I think I was just simply interested and um, it just opened up, oh, it opened so many things up for me. And then it was only, it was interesting because it was all interest and interest and excitement and so on. And then there was this phase of, oh, geez, I want to heal everybody else. And that's what I got into. And then, hello, I woke up one day and, and realised, hey, Veronica needs to actually heal certain things in her life. And so I started to also really focus on healing myself. And I guess that came to light when I, you know, had some challenging events in my life, I guess. 
Mm -hmm. And for those listening, we do have another episode with Veronica. If you are wanting to know more about her story, you can check that out. I'll also leave a comment or a link to that in the show notes. Veronica, you know, when you're looking to maybe heal yourself or when you were getting involved in the healing journey, did you start learning? 1988 was still pretty early, pre-internet. Was that through meeting other people? Was that through books? How did you sort of start to educate and gain knowledge to understand a bit more about how to heal and then eventually to go on to heal? It was mainly reading books, talking to other people, and joining that group in particular. When you're sort of with like-minded people, you are led to other books and other people. One thing normally leads to the next thing, to the next thing. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about meditation a little bit later because that's a pretty big subject on its own. But I do want to talk to you about spiritual healing as well. So I know that you sort of say that you're a a spiritual healer as well as a Theta Healing Master. So can we talk first about what is a spiritual healer? Well, when I talk about spiritual healing, what I'm talking about is healing that takes place through the creator and it's actually the creator who is the healer and i when i do healings i'm not doing the healings i'm putting out the intent of what is wanted and i visualize that and by doing that what actually happens is the creative energy is activated and i can clearly feel it and see it And people who come for healings often can feel it in different ways as well. So in a simple nutshell, that's what my spiritual healings are about. But spiritual healing is is bigger than just that technique, obviously. I believe that spiritual healing comes from a place of a commitment to unconditional love, a commitment to the truth, um, a commitment to compassion and kindness and wanting to help other people. And it also requires, I believe, the healer to have a commitment to um, really working continually at being a spiritual person, being a loving, kind person, being a truthful person. Yes, so walking the talk, basically. Basically, in a nutshell, yes. I mean, that's that's a whole subject that one could go on and on forever talking about, you know, what is a spiritual person. Hmm. Well, what, I mean, can we talk about it for a few minutes? What is a spiritual person? Well, I, for me, a spiritual person is somebody who is committed to the truth and who is committed to unconditional love. Because I really believe that we all come, we are all sparks of God. I, I really believe that and that we come to the earth many times to learn lessons. And when we come, in a sense, we're sort of asleep to some extent, where we've forgotten where we've come from, and that is that pure, unconditional love and truth. 
And, we, we, and when we come and we're exposed to the heaviness of physicality, um, we often carry a lot of cloaks of negativity that we, we, can, we carry around. And it's, and it's from the, um, you know, the lessons and the experiences that we were going through, you know, like, for example, trauma, when you go through some kind of trauma of loss or what have you, we take on negative energies or we can take on negative energies of anger, hate, um, resentment and that sort of thing. And so when we carry those things around, that prevents us from having that clear connection with our God self, mm-hmm. with that, that spark of God because we get so caught up in the heaviness of of our life, if you like. And so when we walk the spiritual path, the aim is to get rid of those cloaks of negativity, of anger, hate, guilt, resentment, fear, jealousy, and so on. Because if we don't get rid of them, they're the things that actually make us sick. Yeah. And and they prevent us from really getting on with the adventure of life. Yeah. Of of having fun, of happiness, and of really expressing who we are because we get stuck. We can get stuck. And then we can also be consumed with fear as well. So going back to this whole thing of, of a spiritual person is... That is somebody who is walking on this path back to the light. Well, we all are walking back to the light, but we are consciously working at getting rid of those cloaks of negativity and coming and aiming from the point of unconditional love and truth and really knowing that we have free will and that we have it all if we can just connect to that and freely express ourselves and not allow ourselves to have our power taken away, well, nobody can actually take your power away, but, but they can, they, through control and so on, they can encourage you to give your power away. Yeah. And this is what the problem is today with a lot of people, is that we have turned into a bunch of sheep where we blindly walk along without asking questions and we're told what to eat, where to go, who to associate with, what to look like, what to say, hello, if we just step back and know that we are sparks of God and we have, we have the answers. We just need to take a, a deep breath and go within and we know what the answers are. We don't need to, to be told. Yeah, we just need to listen to our heart and our, yeah, our... Yeah, and that's my understanding of, of a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. You know what, when you were talking, I had this vision of a person being born and putting on a backpack and all of these things being added into the backpack. And slowly as the person goes through life, they're being laden down with this weight. And really, when you were talking about finding your way back to the light and looking at ways to almost offload these things... You know, yes. the, the vision of the backpack almost getting lighter and lighter until the person's walking straight again and then they're not carrying any of that baggage. Yes. 
Yes, and, and going back to your thing of, of, you know, being in the backpack, I believe humanity is at this point, we are so heavy. Yeah. We, we really are. And, and as a result of that, we have not only prevented ourselves from being light and free, we have, through the way we have thought, the things that we do, we have burdened the earth as well in the way that we treat the land, the way we treat animals, the way we treat each other. So to free other people and the earth, we really need to get a grip of ourselves and learn to love ourselves unconditionally. Unconditionally meaning acceptance without judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I know better, I do better. Yes. Because I think that's another thing too, is, you know, when you're saying things like that, it's pretty easy to feel a bit disheartened because it feels as though it's this huge job and there's a bigger picture. But really, do you agree with the statement that people are operating on the level of consciousness that they're at? And if they knew better that they would be doing better. And so a spiritual person is almost someone that goes, I know that as long as I continue to work on myself through unconditional love and truth, um, look at new ways of looking at the world, surrounding myself by positive people and making these small minor steps in my life, moving towards the light that potentially I can lead by example to other people around me to do the same, or at least I can be this shining light for people to see. Because I think that, you know, sometimes it feels overwhelming with the darkness or the shade or however you'd like to explain it. And sometimes it doesn't feel as hopeful I just think we just have to focus on ourselves first and foremost because sometimes we get caught up in this whole thing of wanting to rescue and help everybody else. But seriously, I think we should focus on ourselves and be the example. And then when where you can, yes, help people. Can I just sort of divert a little bit and just say at this point in time now where how we've been going through this lockdown period you know because of the virus right yeah some interesting things have been happening and there has been evidence all over the world now in terms of the earth being able to breathe and be free again and to flow again with love rivers have cleared like in venice the waters are clear now in los angeles the sky, a lot of pollution has cleared. And there's a lot of places where animals now are coming back into areas that they haven't been for eons of time. So what is that telling us? And then there's us as humans who, even though there's been the downsides of being confined, a lot of us have actually discovered how lovely it is to spend time with one another to have deep conversations, to go and plant vegetables, to cook beautiful, tasty food, to clean their cupboards out. And there is so, and so what is that telling us? It's like we are being wound back and we are being shown. Going back to your example of the backpack, we are slowly being shown how to unpack that bag. Yeah. But we but see the effect on the earth as well and the plants and the animals. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's a big story and, and we could talk about that forever. But but yeah. we are being shown basically that it can be done. 
because it is happening. We just have to wake up and acknowledge it yeah, and learn from it because there's going to come a time when we are all going to want to get out there and live again. But it will not be the same it, and it doesn't have to be the same. Mm-hmm. We are hopefully going to, out of absolute love for each other and for everything else because it's all but love is at the bottom of it and it should be love is the healer that's it yeah love is the healer yeah and when we start to love ourselves then and um then the earth will respond accordingly yeah because i agree we also love the earth and the plants and the animals yeah I think that when you love yourself too, you tend to act differently towards others. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's it. And that's what we're being shown. Yeah. Yeah. And for our listener at home, at the time of recording, it's the very end of April 2020. And we are in the middle of the COVID-19 lockdown. And uh, Veronica and I are both based in Australia. Different parts, but same country. Yes. So... You know, what you were saying there really talked a lot to me about healing and regrouping. When you were earlier talking about your spiritual healing, I know that you also do theta healing. So are those two pretty similar or have you kind of almost taken different practices and sort of created your own healing? You just haven't named it yet. Well, for me, I've been healing. Uh, I started um, actively healing around about 1988 and I didn't step on the theta healing journey until 2012. So basically, um, I look at it like this, that I've always been able to heal, but I have a bag of tools and I've... Theta healing has given me, has enabled, has given me a set of tools in the form of techniques and so on, and it has taken my healing to another level. And this is what I believe is that we are every person is actually able to heal. They really are. It's very very simple. It's a very simple equation, but there are many techniques that you can add to this healing right because you're dealing with people and you have to know how to talk to them and 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 so on how to deal with them and there are many techniques that you can incorporate in in, into healing Mm -hmm. so you kind of take a client's situation and then customize from your bag of tools based on what you think they'll respond to and what they need yes Uh, and the creator guides me Mm -hmm. There, there is a a process that is going on that is not coming from me. In many ways, I am like the observer and the interpreter. Right. Yeah, I like that you explain it that way because I think that sometimes when people say that they're a healer, you could almost see ego in that statement. But when you clarify by explaining that you're the channel, so to speak, for the healing to come through to the person, it really does give that different perspective. So Veronica, I would be really interested if you felt comfortable with maybe sharing some stories of healing that you've done or healing that you've witnessed, because I know that you've 
had different types of clients come to you for different types of reasons. And I think that sometimes people think that, oh, I can, you know, just go for a run and it'll work it out, or I can take some pills and it'll work it out, or, you know, whatever the situation is. I'm being very general here and vague, but, you know, I guess I, I love to see some examples of healings that you've done and maybe our listeners would see themselves in that well i've had a lot of people come with me with so many different things and and it's fine because i've always asked the creator i I don't want just anybody to come i ask the creator for people that need healing who want healing and who i can help and so i just trust that when people actually do come that they they were meant to come they they were guided to come and so some of the things that, that um, they come to me for can be things like somebody may just simply say, oh, look, I'm just not feeling well. I just don't have any energy and it's just I just feel stuck. Other times people may come um, because they've, you know, got alcohol and drug abuse. Maybe there's been other sorts of abuse, you know, like physical abuse. I've had people come because they've been having difficulties at work, you know, major conflicts, for example. So, and then other people um, have come for issues in their relationships. So it's, I just get such a wide and varied, you know, reasons as to why people come. And when they do come, I start off first of all by doing a psychic scan. Even I don't even ask them, why have you come straight up? I just ask them if I can do a psychic scan and I tell them what I see. And then I will be shown to an issue that is meant to be dealt with on that day. And I'll actually tell them what I either feel or, or see, what I get. And then I ask them if it makes any sense to them. And generally it does in some way. And then I'll say to them, well, so why did you actually come here? And then it often works out that what I've seen and what they are talking about usually is exactly it. It may be just coming in at different points, if you like. Then I go through a digging, what I call is a digging process. This is if it's appropriate. And what I'm doing is I'm actually isolating or finding bottom beliefs that may be holding them back. For example, somebody I remember came who had, I guess, was depressed and nothing was going well in their lives. Their parents, they were staying with their parents. They couldn't get a job. The parents were constantly on their back about stuff, etc., etc. Anyway, they were just feeling really down. Anyway, I, you know, did my scan and so on and, and I could see sort of, you know, darkened energy in the chest area, which tells me, you know, there was a lot of grief and sadness and sorrow there. Anyway, when, when I did my digging process, I asked them, for example, in that process, well, you know, when did this happen? And they said, well, it actually happened when their partner left them and took their child and they couldn't actually see them anymore. And so it was like it seemed that that was when, that was the trauma that caused this ongoing 
feeling of being down, if you like. So that's basically what we worked at. And we found bottom beliefs. And then what I did, and this was this is what I do with a lot of cases where I've done, gone through a digging process, through the creator, we remove those negative beliefs. And it could be, you know, things like I am guilty or I hate myself, I don't trust myself or whatever it is. Through the creator, I ask for that to be removed, witness it going, and then it's replaced with the creator's prep program. Now, none of these things happen unless the person gives consent to that. Um, so I want to make that clear. So basically, with, with that um, process of the beliefs, I I'm actually working with the subconscious. Then another aspect that I do is insertion of feelings. Did you know that there are some people who have never felt joy? For example, somebody who has been abused all their lives may never know what joy feels like. They may never know even what it feels like to be safe and protected. And when I've gone to the creator and I've asked for them to be downloaded with it, I've had absolutely amazing effects where the person either will burst into tears or just, just feel a real shift. And so the feeling work is very, very important as well. So I do that. So they're, they're the two big key things, but there's a whole range of other things that I do. Sure that I do um, a cleansing, because often there are people who have attachments to them, um, you know, like lost souls and so on. And I just ask the creator to remove them and to replace them with love and protection. And often people can actually feel them go, and it really makes a difference. Because just on the subject of, um, you know, entities and lost souls and so on, often when we are, um, you know, like really, you know, with people with some mental health issues and some heavy trauma, um, or if they've been practising in black magic, they can actually become sort of like open doors, if you like, and, and attachments can, um, you know, come in. And nobody wants an attachment because that drains your energy and can actually make you feel sick. So I always look, look for that and do a good cleansing balancing. I've had people come, you know, who've had curses on them and that can be removed. So there's a whole, uh, we could go on for ages actually talking about what I do in my healings and what, what I'm confronted with at times. But in a nutshell, as I said, I do the scan, I do a digging process, I do belief work, I do feeling work, I do a cleansing and balancing. And then, if necessary, we do other things. I mean, there are times even when some ancestors may want to give a message as well. 
um, which may be really appropriate in, you know, in that situation where, for example, I had a person who was taken away from their parents when they were a baby and never knew their parents. And so for that, it, the ancestors really wanted to connect with that person. And it was amazing, just amazing when that connection was done. So that would hopefully, you know, that gives you some insight as to the healings that I do. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I've had a healing with you before, probably even more than one. And one thing that I notice is the amount of self-love and the amount of safety and peace that you feel when you're at a session. And I think that, you know, for the examples that you were talking about where people might not have felt safe before or joy that, you know, when you do a healing, it's an opportunity for you to really give back and nurture yourself. I would love to know, you know, in this couple of situations that you talked about, um, in the situation of the person whose child was taken away and you, you helped them with processing that, you know, what did they go on to do? Did, did it sort of get resolved in the session? Did they fall back into depression? Did they have to come back or were you able to kind of set that person and give them a bit of a restart and a new lease? Sometimes some people may come back and have another session. I just say to people, if you feel, you know, you want to, by all means come. So sometimes, yes, people do need, you know, more than one session. And then there are others who are, who are fine and you may never see them for another couple of years. But the healings generally... Um, you know, will take place and, um, and they will generally stay. Sometimes you will get people who will maybe go back, backwards if you like, go back to a habit that may be detrimental. For example, they may go back to their smoking again. And um, the, the thing that we've got to remember is that we are creatures who have free will. We have to take responsibility. Like, for example, somebody could walk in the door, you could do a se session and it will really work. You can clear the slate if you like. But once they walk out the door, they're obviously tempted by so many things out there, isn't it? You know, you can work with the subconscious and clear lots, lots of heavy um, negative beliefs. However, there is the conscious part of the mind the mind that makes choices each day. And if somebody decides to do something for whatever reason, well, they can very easily then undo the healing that, that, that has taken place. I I'm guess that... I'm sure if I'm explaining that terribly well. No, that's fine. I guess it makes sense. It's the same way that if you went to the doctor and you, you know, had a broken arm and you took a cast off, well, you have free will not to take your cast off or take it off and it won't repair if it's not set properly and you don't, you know, exactly. honor that. Yeah. So exactly. So that's basically what I was trying to explain. So Veronica, how do you explain healing 
to people that have a logical mind. Now, you're a lawyer and a nurse, so you have a logical side to you as well as this feeling spiritual side. Not that I'm saying there's you have to be split and have one or the other, but how do you explain how it works or do you even bother? Well, I do try to explain. I, I do explain to people um, that I, I'm, I'm working through the creator and um, but the comfort that I get from people who have a very linear mind, if you like, is nothing, nothing's going to take place without their permission. It's as simple as that. So if I say, oh, I see ABC, and if they're not, they don't accept that, that's fine. Or if I propose to them about, oh, um, you know, can we do this, and they don't want to, it just won't take happen. So the person is in full control of the healing, basically. I have free will. I, I'm not interested in imposing anything upon them mm -hmm. and and so nothing will happen without their permission yeah and so what about people who are just curious about healings but not necessarily coming to you for a session but they go you know you're at a dinner party and they go what do you do and you say i'm a spiritual healer and that to them is they have no idea what that even means do you even bother trying to explain it or can you put it into words? I mean, how can you explain a miracle? Well, I, I will just say to them um, that I believe that healings do take place and that it's the creator that heals. I connect to the creator. I put out intention as to what I want. I visualise the energy and see, and I, and I also visualise the end result and I, I say to them yes I am using psychic ability but I but I know that it is real because I can see the energy I can feel it and I said and I would say that many people that come also do feel feel the energy but I but and I just drop it and I just leave it at that because if they come, they were meant to come. If they don't, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're all on our own journey and operating Absolutely. at the different exactly. levels of consciousness. That's right. Yeah. So meditation is a huge part of the healing journey as well. And I know that you talked about how in 88, when you got into the meditation circle, and I know you still do meditation circles to this day. So where does meditation fit in to your life? Well, meditation for me is extremely important. Um, it's almost like having a shower a day or having a decent meal a day. It... Um, it, it nurtures my soul and my body and it keeps me aligned to my God self. Is that because you take time to just be with yourself? That's basically what it is. And when I do, when I am by myself and I give myself permission to be on my own for half an hour or an hour, I consciously connect with the creator. I pull down the energy. And, um, and I just zone out, basically. 
in that beautiful energy. What kind of meditations would you recommend to people that are interested in getting started? And you also mentioned that you take 30 minutes to an hour. Does somebody who wants to get into meditation need to try to meditate for a certain amount of time? But what I would say to people is meditation really is just stilling your body and your mind and really just tuning into yourself, not getting caught up with anything else, just you and you alone, basically. Yeah, it's really just being still and just, and just going within. And I would also say to people that you can do that any time and any place. You can do it at the beach, you can do it at home, you can do it in bed. And there are many types of meditation, by the way. Uh, next time, Lauren, um, I'll explain the way I do it. And that is actually where um, my chakras are open and I pull down the creator's light and I sit basically for 20 minutes. And around that meditation, um, I always do a cleansing and a balancing and I also ask for protection. So I can explain that as well. But I would just say to people, if you want to start, just sit quietly on your own for 20 minutes to half an hour. That's a good start because a lot of people find that extremely hard to do. If you haven't ever done it before, it's, it's, it can be, you know, it needs a bit of uh, training. Right, so do you think that half an hour is, you know, kind of the max time? Could someone sit on their own for about 10 minutes? Would that be a good start as well or do you not even bother? I would say if you've never done it before, do it for 10 minutes for a start. Yeah. As you, yeah, as you get better at that, at still, sitting still, I would say increase it for about 20 minutes to half an hour. I mean, I know people who will meditate for days on end. Mm-hmm. Me too. But my, my practice is just, I say half an hour because it, it fits in with my routine and, and so on. And I find for me it's sufficient. Yeah. And sometimes just scheduling in that time to get it done is when you actually can carve out the opportunity because I feel that sometimes people think they're too time poor to allow time to give meditation a go. But if they just carve it into their day, they might find that's different. And also, I don't know how you feel about this, Veronica, but I really love guided meditations because they help me to direct my thoughts to, you know, something that's calming and peaceful and to help visualize so that I can almost remove all the thoughts of the day and what else is going on. I I like guided meditations sometimes and certainly guided at least up to a point but I think it's extremely important to have a period of that time say for example if you allocate say 20 minutes I think a good part of that 20 minutes should simply just be you sitting in silence and maybe just just either focusing on your breathing or fo- focusing on nothing, or fo- focusing on a leaf or a flower or something. Because when you do that, I just think it just opens, you, you open yourself up to so much more where you're able to connect much more 
widely, if you like, to all that you are. And you leave room for inspiration to enter too, when you have gaps, when you have space. Yeah, you, you do get inspiration. Also, those times when you're just sitting quietly, you may, you may get messages. You may connect with a loved one. You may connect with a guide or an angel. Or you may just simply feel something that's coming up in yourself. You become very self-aware. You might actually, in your real quiet moment, you may think, you know what? I have something I need to sort out. Maybe, maybe we, you're holding on to anger and you're being reminded that, look, it's sitting there. What are you going to do about it? And you may get some insights about what you should do about it. Perhaps at the bottom of it is perhaps you should go and apologise to someone for something that you did or whatever. And this is the beauty if you just sit quietly without any words and you just have that self-awareness and be open. Yeah. So what are some of the benefits that you feel you get from meditation? We've talked about inspiration. We've talked about messaging, that messages that might come through that can you know, help you in your life? Yeah, I, I think the benefits of meditation is really wide. A time to really relax all your muscles, to really relax, to find peace and harmony, to, to find, to, to actually connect with creation itself. And it's the most beautiful feeling it's so healing. It's a, it's a time to find that absolute safe spot. And for me, when I pull down the light, which I would, and that's part of my meditation, it's also a time to heal and ask for help, to petition the Creator and to ask for insight, to ask for healing. So this is what I'm saying is that there's so many different types of meditation, but for me, I extend it to those things. Yeah, and um, like Veronica said, we will record or she will record and I'll help her record a, um, a meditation for our listeners at home as well. And we can put that on the podcast so that they can use that. Also, I will put some links in the show notes to an app called Insight Timer which has a bunch of free meditations, which are wonderful, as well as a link to Hay House meditations, which are free as well. Or you could, like Veronica said, just sit quietly. Uh, Veronica, can I ask you a few more questions, just sort of getting to know you? Yes. We have a little bit of extra time here. So who do you go to for advice? Advice on what? Anything in general. I guess that's a very good question. So depending on the subject, you would choose someone different. Well, the first person that comes to mind is a very good friend of mine. Yeah, if, if I'm, I'm um, a little confused about some, want something or want to complain or whatever, yeah, it's a, a very good friend of mine. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you feel you've ever been given? The best piece of advice, now let me think, don't worry about it. <laughs> 
It's a good one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yep. It's true. I love that. What's your favorite type of music to listen to? Definitely not country music, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's rock and pop. Rock and pop. Is from a particular era? Oh, I love the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, I love the 80s too. What's an influential book or maybe one or two books that you would recommend or that has really impacted your life? Okay, one of them is The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Yep. And another one is um, Family of Light by Barbara Marciniak. And, yeah. Great. And I'll put links for our listeners in the show notes to those books as well. How do you cleanse at the end of every day? At the end of every day, my cleansing is very simple. I just quiet myself down. I just open up my chakras. And by doing that, it's really just connecting with the creator. And I just um, ask the creator to basically cleanse me. That is to take any negative or any other energies that's not in my best and highest good, take it to the light. And then I just ask that it be replaced with unconditional love, truth, balance, peace and harmony. I just ask for protection and for grounding. And then I just pull down the creator's light around and through me and I see myself connected with Mother Earth and, and with the Creator. And that's as full as that. It's beautiful. Um, do you have any last comments for our listeners? Or if our listeners could only take one thing away from our whole conversation today, what would you want that to be? I think be self-empowering. Empower yourself. And that's, that is big. Yeah. Easy to say, just not always easy to do. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Veronica, for being here today. For our listeners who want to know more about you, I will put a link to your Facebook page and your website in the show notes. And you can also Google Veronica McClintock Healing Center, Darwin, Australia, and you'll also be able to find her for sure. Do you do online healings as well, Veronica, if people were interested? Um, yeah, I do Skype healings. Great. Okay. You know, while we we have to stay in, inside, I'm doing Skype healings. Okay, great. And if people aren't located in Darwin, Australia, then maybe you would still entertain that option for them. Oh, yes, definitely. Skype yeah. healings. Great. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.